Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So we are uh, continuing into the Gospel of Mark, and I hope that you have received a lot from this series. And, and we, we, we've gone through the beginning of the short 16-chapter passage, and if you haven't had a chance to read through the Gospel of Mark, I invite you still to do that. It can take you just maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour tops to, to read through the entire timeline of this gospel. But today we are in, Go- in Mark chapter 4. And before we get to our scripture, there, there's something that I've had a lot of fun with when we've come to this passage. And, and it really came about a couple of years ago. Trace and I, we were trying to think about what we were going to do for our anniversary. And we were still kind of not going anywhere because of COVID and all of that type of stuff. So we were looking online and we saw a t-shirt. So we decided that we would get a t-shirt that had this written on it. Jesus took naps, be like Jesus. And the passage there is, is, is uh, Mark 4, 38, which is a part of our scripture. And if you're familiar with it, you'll, you'll understand. But, but this scripture, this sermon is not about taking a nap. So please do not take a nap during this sermon. But this sermon is about the disciples and how we are like those disciples. So I invite you to hear the word of God from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. That day, when evening came, he said to the disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the winds died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as I said, the gospel of Mark is is a fast moving gospel. The pacing in it, uh, it, to to me, can be mind numbing if, if if you're reading through it because Jesus is moving from one place to another. There there really isn't a break when you come into the gospel of of Mark. And and the reason why is because Mark is trying really hard to introduce and to tell people who Jesus is. So, So Mark knows he does not have time to waste in proclaiming Jesus Christ. 
you go back to chapter 1, when we talked about chapter 1, it was all about his, his beginning narrative. It established who Jesus was through his, his baptism, through the temptations, through the calling of the disciples. And then these next few chapters are really identifying who Jesus is. They're, they're establishing his authority, first of healing legion, and then going through and all the other healings and the teachings that he's done. And this one is really the icing of the, on the cake, if you will. And it's the icing on the cake because Jesus is doing something that, that is far beyond the imagination or, or the idea of what the disciples thought that Jesus could do. Jesus is showing that not only can he heal people, he has control over the weather. He has control over, over all of God's creation. A and he's wanting the disciples to see this and wanting the disciples to fully believe in Jesus' ability to, to take all things under his control to remind them that they aren't in trouble. That they're in his kingdom. And they are in his power and in his authority. Honestly, if we take a look at this passage, we see that it is all about trust. It's all about trust. See, see Jesus is finishing up a, a long day of teaching, and, and Jesus says, you know what? We, we need to go to the other side, so let's, get, let's stay in the boats, and let's just move our way across the Sea of Galilee to the other side just to get some rest, to get some separation. Now, that, that may seem like an innocuous statement, especially if you understand a little bit about the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee isn't a huge sea, but it's really a lake. Remember the first time I went over to the Holy Land and I was uh, staying in a hotel in Tiberias and the, and the hotel looked over the Sea of Galilee and I was just shocked. I don't know why, because... You can see it clearly on a map. It's not that huge of a body of water, but you put, you put the word sea to it, it makes you think that you're going across the Pacific. But, but when you take a look over the Sea of Galilee, it, it stretches about five miles wide and about 13 miles long. So, so you can see around the entire Sea of Galilee. So, so it's not that big of a stretch to cross, but it is dangerous because it is located about 600 miles uh, below sea level. A and because it is located in this uh, particular place, cold and hot wind or air would, would come and storms would brew up really, really fast. It said that the fishermen, whenever they would go fishing, they, they wouldn't go out that far from the bank because they did not know when a storm was going to arise and, and tip their boats out. So when Jesus is telling his disciples that, that we are going to go over to the other side, he is giving them a promise that the disciples have to trust. Because I'm sure every single one of those si disciples have lost someone due to the seas or due to the waters of the Sea of Galilee. I'm sure they, they've known or, or possibly even themselves have been caught up in one of those storms that have, have suddenly arised and maybe capsized their boat or made them lose their entire catch, maybe even lost a friend 
along the way. So, so Jesus isn't saying, hey, we're going to go and get caught up in a storm. <laughs> no, Jesus is saying, look, we are going to the other side. And what does Jesus do as soon as he gets into the boat and the boat or stays in the boat and he starts to go across the other side? He falls asleep. He 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 rests while the disciples are doing the work around him. See that is trust. That is trust, knowing that the God who loves them and cares for them, the God who is in flesh, Jesus Christ, is going to go with them, even though he's asleep, and help them arrive safely on the other side. Jesus is giving us and the disciples another lesson. And that lesson is that no matter what happens or no matter what we try to do in our lives, there is always going to be a storm. I don't know about you, but I know I've been through several storms. And if you haven't been in a storm, I got news for you. There's one that's going to come. There's one that's going to come that is going to rock your boat in a way that you don't fully understand. And, and you'll hold on for dear life. And you may think that, that Jesus is just asleep and he doesn't care at all about what you are going through. But that's not the God I know. That's not the God that I see in Scripture. The God that I see in Scripture reminds us that in the midst of life's difficulties, in the midst of the trials and the storms, God will go with you. God will help you go through those storms. One of the most comforting passages that I go to and I say every morning whenever I wake up is the 23rd Psalm. And you go to Psalm 23, verse 4, we have these words, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I don't know, there's something about the King James Version that I had to go there with because that one gives me even more comfort than, than trying to say it in the, in the plain English. But it is a reminder that, that even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't say we go around the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say that we avoid the valley of the shadow of death, but when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with me protecting me, holding my hand, allowing me to, to move through that wilderness. See, sometimes it's easy when, when you come through those difficult times in your life, you, you go ahead and you pitch your tent right in the middle of it, and you live in it. But see, that's not what Jesus is calling us to do. Jesus isn't calling us to stay in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus isn't telling us to stay in the middle of that storm, but Jesus is reminding us that we will go through the storm with him. It's easy to get stuck when things are hard. It's easy to get, get stuck when, when maybe you get a diagnosis that you don't want to hear. It's easy to get stuck when maybe there's 
discomfort or, or disunity within the family. It's easy to get stuck when things are not going your way, but God is there in the midst of what you are going through and saying, I am there with you. I am holding you. I am in your boat. I am helping you sail in this difficult situation. But then Jesus wakes up, or, or not Jesus doesn't wake up. He is awoken by his disciples. They're scared, they're terrified, and, and Jesus looks at them and says these words that I know have confused people for years. You of little faith, what, why are you afraid? Don't you have any faith at all? See, here's the good news about that. Jesus isn't punishing or, or scolding the disciples. He is reminding them. And we know this because if you go just one verse before this story, we hear that, that Jesus would take the disciples aside and he would explain the parables that he was sharing. Honestly, what we're in the middle of right now is a telling and explaining of this particular parable that Jesus says before they take off on the boat, the parable of the mustard seed. In, in, in Mark chapter 4, verse 30 through 32, he shares this story. With what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable will we use it for? It's like a mustard seed which sown up under upon the ground is the smallest of the seeds on earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nest in its shade. H how is this particular parable to, to help guide the disciples in the midst of a raging storm? It's reminding them that when they believe that the kingdom of God is a part of who they are or, or, or what is happening around them, and if it is still as small as a little mustard seed, it can do great things. So, so while we may hear, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? What Jesus is saying, remember what I told you about the mustard seed. It may be so small right now, but it's going to grow. And because you are with me, because you are learning from me, you will see that this little bit of faith, that, that you're in the boat with me right now, and, and, and you know how the Sea of Galilee is, you wouldn't have gotten into this boat and said that we're going to the other side because you understand and know what happens with the Sea of Galilee, because you got into the boat, that little grain of mustard seed is going to grow. And then you will see the kingdom of God take root and expand. And you will be safe and secure even while the waves are rocking around you. And you know that God will uphold you, that Jesus will uphold you with his strong and mighty right hand. See, every single time that we think that Jesus is getting on to the disciples, he's not. 
He's reminding them of their faith. While it may be even small at that particular moment, we all know that it grew and grew and grew so that we are here today sharing that same faith with others so that they may live and step inside of God's kingdom. My friends, if there's one thing that I want you to hear from this passage is that we must place our trust fully in God. We must be like those disciples and and step into a boat, whether Jesus is sleeping or not, and, and move to the next place that Jesus has called us to go. There's a saying that I know that is used a lot, and, and I hope I don't make anybody upset whenever I say this. But there's a passage, not even a passage, it, it's an idiom, if you will, that, that we love to say when times get rough and times get difficult. And that idiom is that God will not give you more than you can handle. I, I wish I could believe that. I, I really do. That we're not there yet, Scotty. I, I wish that I could hold on to that and, and say that this is how life is. Because, my friends, God doesn't give us what we can handle. Because what happens when that were to take place, then who do we rely on? I rely on myself. If I can handle it, then I don't need God. If I can handle it, then, then God I'll put on a shelf and say, that's fine, you do what, what, what you need to do over there, but, but I will handle all of this myself. Just look at our scripture. See, the disciples were in the boat going across the Sea of Galilee with a storm. All of a sudden, this coming upon them. Would you say that if the disciples were without Jesus in the boat, they would be able to handle that? Would you say that, that Jesus there in that boat with him, he's saying, y'all got this, everything's fine, but no. What Jesus is doing here, he's saying that I, things may become a little more difficult for you, but guess what? I am with you. I am with you in the midst of the trials in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of the storm, and I will walk with you so that you can feel my presence in the midst of your life as we go through this trial together. I found a poem that I wanted to share with you. Scotty, you can put that up now. This poem gives an idea about what the will of God can do for us. It says, the will of God will never take you where the grace of God cannot keep you, where the arms of God cannot support you, where the riches of God cannot supply your need, where the power of God cannot endow you. I am thankful. I am comforted, knowing that, that, that while life may throw me stuff that I may not know or understand how to handle, I know that the will of God will be with me in the midst 
of those difficulties, that God's grace will, will comfort and support me and keep me in the midst of those trying times where God will supply me with all I need because I am safe and secure in his arms. My friends, I hope you feel that power in your life. That, that, that when those times come where, where you feel shaken and stirred by the waters of the sea, which will come, that you hold on to Jesus, knowing his care is for you, and knowing that his grace sustains you. And if push comes to shove, it's probably not a bad idea to do what Jesus has done and just take a nap. Let us pray. Oh God, we know that life can be difficult. And while we may not be out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee with a storm coming up on us out of the middle of nowhere, we do know that storms come into our life out of the middle of nowhere. And while those storms shake us, while those storms move us, while those storms cause our life to be hectic and tired and torn, all we need to do is to reach out to you. All, all we need to do is say, God, I'm, I, I'm in the midst of something that I don't know how to handle, and you will walk us through it. We pray for two things, that, that you don't, you, that you keep us from trying to go around the difficulties in our life. Because the longer we avoid the difficulties in our life, then the longer it takes for us to get through them. Lord, I also ask that right now that there may be people who are in the middle of a storm in their life. If they have pitched a tent in the middle of this storm, I pray that you give them the strength to, to pick up their tent and hold on to your hand and to walk through the valleys, to hold on to your hand, hand and, and move through the storms because we know that they only last for a little while. But your presence goes with us all of our days. Shape us and mold us, Lord, as we continue to be faithful disciples of yours. And we pray this in the name of the one who loves us and cares for us, Jesus our Lord. Amen.